Father God, we thank you, we give you praise, we give you glory, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. When I was in, you may be seated, when I was in Nicaragua, and uh, holding some services there, there was this woman that would come to church, and it would take her three days to get to church. Because she'd have to walk over this mountain, or she'd have to walk around it. And but she'd come to church, and she'd curse that mountain, and she'd say, "Be gone in the name of Jesus." And people made fun of her, but they found gold on that mountain, so they started stripping that mountain, and they took that mountain away, and it took her three hours to get to church. That's walking now. I know that most of you here like your cars, but that mountain was gone. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to start off, we're going to start off in Ruth. This little thing keeps coming off of here, so we're just going to put it right there. And we're going to start off in the third chapter of Ruth, and we're going to look at some things, and then we're going to go over to Revelation. Everybody say Revelation. Okay, it's the Revelation, not Revelations, okay? So when you hear somebody say Revelations, you feel free to correct them, that it's Revelation. It's the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, or that he's given us the revelation. Now, they're going to put a word Goel also means to redeem a relative who has been sold into slavery. So it's translated as the kinsman redeemer or the nearest relative. He has the right to intercede for the ownership of property. The Goel, he has, if, if, if a person had property, and he lost the title deed to his property, he has the Goel who could go in there and, and be the uh, in, uh, mediator for him. And we're going to look at that because that's what Christ did for us. Now, can, can I be honest with you? Because I'm going to be anyway. But there's something happening in us Everybody, there's something happening. Now, listen to me, it's not just in this church. But it's in any church that will preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And it's just not happening in charismatic Pentecostal churches. It's happening in the Nazarene church. In the, the Methodists right now, are they're having revival like they've never had before in some of them. Okay? In the Baptist churches. Anywhere where they will preach Jesus. The Presbyterian Church, Brookdale Presbyterian Church right now is in revival. Wyatt Park Christian Church. There's something going on in that church because God's in this thing. Because God, listen to me. Jesus Christ is soon to come. Everybody say soon. Now, when, when you say that word soon, you see that word as a space of time. But that word soon in the Greek actually means suddenly or quickly. 
That's what that word soon means. It don't mean soon as a long space of time or a short space of time. That word soon means quickly or suddenly. So Jesus is soon to come. He is coming quickly and he is coming suddenly. He even refers to himself as the thief in the night. That's when he's coming. And then three times in the 22nd chapter of Revelation, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Or behold, I come soon. Now, when people read that in the old King James, soon, they say that's not what it means. Listen, the word soon means quickly or suddenly. The Lord is coming soon. Which means he's coming and we have no idea when right? The day or the hour. But we know the season. Understand that. We know the season. When the farmer plants the seed, he knows that in a certain time that that seed's going to start coming up. He doesn't know the day or the hour, but he does know the time of the season. And we're in the time of the season for the coming of the Lord. The United States of America is being judged by God Almighty. And the United States of America is being judged because of some of the things that we have allowed, not the government. Now understand something, the government's not being judged. The government's already been judged. All governments have already been judged. And all governments are run by wicked and corrupted men. It doesn't make any difference where you go. So when you see a nation prospering, it doesn't have anything to do with the government. It has everything to do with the church. And does the church allow Jesus Christ to come in? Don't you think it's an amazing thing that in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus says to the Laodicean church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And listen to what he's saying to that church. He's saying, I'm standing outside. How come you will not let me inside? He said, your doctrine has been watered down and it is lukewarm. And he said, that, he said, your doctrine, he said, cannot even be drank. You'll spit it out yourselves when you taste it. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now listen to what he said. He said, I would that you were hot or you were cold. But I don't want you in that middle. I think it's silly when somebody votes for a moderate. You know what a moderate is? A moderate is going to go whichever way people want them to go because they just want to get voted in. But you, you've got to understand, you might not like liberals, but they're colder than ice. And God said, I want you either colder than ice or I want you hotter than a firecracker. But this is what he wants. Now, I'm not telling you to accept the liberal agenda. I'm just saying what the Lord says. So we're looking at this. Okay. So also the goel is in the event of one that has, a mor has mortgaged his property and later could not redeem it, that is Adam, his Goel, who is Jesus, could redeem it for him. So what we have is that we have Jesus, and when, whenever I talk about the Goel, I want you to remember I'm talking about Jesus because he is our kinsman redeemer and he is our Lord. Now, I'm going to just have John put this on there so you can write it down so when you get home, you can read it. And it's Leviticus chapter... Certain people in their in their home, you know. So it was it was hard to go from one cast of people to another, 
Okay, if you're a slave, you're born a slave. Most of the time you died a slave. But if you're in the royal family, right, then, you know, they wanted you to marry royalty. And the reason why they wanted you to marry, marry royalty is because, so you keep the royalty in the family because all you got to do is get one in there that doesn't understand the concept of the family. It'll ruin the family. So if they're bringing one in into the family, they're going to teach this person how not to ruin the family. You might not like that, but there's a real thought behind that, okay? And what they want is they just want to keep the family. Listen to what the Lord did. The Lord, when he redeemed you, when he was your goel, understand what he did? He took you out of hell itself. He took you out of slavery. He forgave your sin. And then he just didn't leave you that way. He brought you into the kingdom of God. But he knew you, wasn't, you, you was not going to know how to live. He knew that I was not going to know how to live in the kingdom of God. So what did he do? He gave me the Bible. He gave me the Holy Spirit. He gave me things. And he gave me the anointing that's going to teach me how to live in the kingdom of God. There's nothing worse than a person who hoards everything up and won't live the way he can. Now, you guys buy cars, and you try to keep them. But Shane and I don't. Ray, wave your hand, Shane. When Shane and I buy a car, we drive it. And, and we don't keep it. Now, now, when Tony buys a car, that's different, man. He puts it in the garage, man, and he does all that stuff. He's saying, yes, I do. But not Shane and I. When Shane and I buy a car, man, we use it. Now my, now my father-in-law, my father-in-law hated putting miles on his car. He hated putting miles on his car. And so I used to look at him and he said, why? Well, he said, I want it. He, I said, but you don't enjoy it. Now, Tony, he went and bought himself a new truck. He don't let me enjoy it. He's enjoying it. I say, you want to loan it to me? No, no, you can drive it if I'm with you. But God, God wants us to enjoy the kingdom of God and the fruit of everything that he has given us. And some of us don't live according to the way that God wants us to live. Now, I'm going to take you to a book, and the book is called Ruth. Let me get over there. And, and it's a great book. And it is found, and so we're going to look at Ruth chapter 3 and verse 11. And he's going to bring it up here on the board. Isn't that wonderful? Okay. Look here. And now my daughter, now this is Naomi. She has a mother, she has a daughter-in-law. And she has two daughter-in-laws. And both, Naomi's husband died. And both of uh, Naomi's sons have died. And so now you have Naomi and two daughters-in-law, and they have no children. None of the children, none of the husbands and the wives had children, so Naomi feels like she's barren. Okay, so we're talking about Ruth now. So Ruth, so Naomi says to Ruth and Orpha, says, listen, says, listen go back to your people. Go back to your people. I have nothing to offer you. And, and Ruth won't go. And Ruth says this. Now listen to what she says. Husbands and wives need to hear this. She said, where you go, I'm going to go. 
She said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And where you die, I will die. That was a daughter-in-law talking to a mother-in-law. And so Naomi cannot stop her from going. So she goes and she becomes, put that back up, will you please? And she, so she, she uh, is going. Now, in, ver, in, verse, in, in Ruth chapter uh, 3 and verse 11, now my daughter, do not fear. This is, this is Boaz. Well, let me get to another part of the story because I'm leaving it out. So when they come back, there's a very, very wealthy man, and his name is Boaz, part of the family, part of Naomi's family. And he's an older man. And Ruth is a younger lady. And so what happens is, is that Ruth now is going out into the fields to glean for her and her mother-in-law because they live in poverty. They don't have anything. And so... Boaz, he sees Ruth out there working, and he says, says number one to the men, don't molest her, and don't make fun of her. And then he says to the young women that was working for him, he said, now you drop some on purpose. And so what happens is, now Ruth and Naomi are living on a handful of purpose. God is supplying the handful of purpose, but listen, it's not God, it's not God's intention that we live on a handful of purpose. And a handful of purpose will help us for a little while, but that's not what he wants from us. For instance, welfare is a good thing when you don't have a job and you can't feed your family. But welfare is not a good style to start living by. How many of you understand that? So she lived on a handful of purpose. But here's what Naomi, Naomi kind of gets this idea. She knows that this man kind of likes this woman. This is a good deal. Now in Ruth chapter 3, verse 11. Let me get there. Because it's, it's, it's wonderful. Chapter 3, verse 11. Now my daughter, do not fear... I will do for you whatever you ask. For all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. That's what this guy, that's what Boaz. Do you know that Christ is saying that about you? Do you know that Christ says that about me? And so this woman is taking a big chance. She doesn't know Boaz. But in verse 18, can you bring verse 18 up, John? Then she, Naomi, says, Wait, my daughter, until you know how the matter turns out. I like this part. For the man will not rest until he has settled it today. And what he's going to do, he's going to find the nearest relative of her, of, of, of Naomi. I mean, of, of uh, yeah, Naomi. And the nearest relative has the right to be the kinsman redeemer or the goel. And this, this is pretty interesting. She was cute. I, I, I guarantee you this, this girl was cute. And she was pretty. And I, I think about everybody fell in love with her. Okay? And I, this, this 
Boaz is an older guy. He probably doesn't think he has a chance with this girl. But when he finds out he's got a chance, everything changes. When I met my wife, I said to my dad, I said, well, that's a pretty girl. And he said, well, ask her out. I said, she's got a boyfriend. He said, who cares? That's what he said to me. He said, who cares? Well, my dad said that. I believed it. Now, the, one of the problems was her boyfriend was six foot four. And he was a real good friend of mine up until that day. And so, y'all want to hear this story? Okay. So, my dad had meetings in his home. And so, I, I asked her if she wanted a ride home. So, her, she got in the car. Her boyfriend jumped in the car, too. So, I said to him, I said, hey, I want you to get out and check that tire. And when he got out and checked that tire, I said, you want to go out with me? And she said, yes. And that's how that started. So my mom said, i tell you this. And I said, what's that? And he said, she said, when you can't talk to her, you can look at her. See, because Boaz, here's what Naomi said about Boaz. said, he's not going to rest until he settles this matter. Do you understand that Jesus said, I will not rest until I settle this matter that the devil has taken away from my people. And so he finds the kinsman redeemer. And now we're going to go over to Ruth chapter 4. How come my Bible keeps turning away from me? Let me get it again. Ruth chapter 4. I can't even find Ruth. You got it up there? All right. Here we go. And then she said, in verse 18, I mean, in in, in, uh, Ruth chapter 4, verse 5. Now watch this. Then said Boaz, what 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 day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy also Ruth the Moabite, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his his inheritance. Go to the next verse. And the near kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I... What does that say? You got that written right? Mar, mar mine. I don't think that's right, okay. Is that right? Oh, unless I mar. And there's supposed to be, oh, if an E was on it, it'd be mare, wouldn't it? Like a horse, okay. Okay, unless I mar mine own inheritance, take thou my right of redemption on thee, for I cannot redeem it. Now, here's what happened. When Boaz goes to the the nearest redeemer kinsman, the closest relative, he said, uh, you, you're, you're going to get Naomi's property and you're going to get Ruth as your wife. And he said, okay, that sounds pretty good. And 
Boaz said, but there's a condition. And the condition is this. That you have to raise a son up. And then that son gets all the inheritance that you own. And he will not be called by your name. But he will be called by her dead husband's name. And so this nearest uh, kinsman redeemer says, no, no, wait a minute, let's get this straight. So if I marry her, I get the property. Yeah. But if I marry her and we have children, I have to have children by her. Yeah. And her son gets everything. Yeah. And he can't be called by my name. He's got to be called by a dead man's name. Yeah. He said, I'm not doing it. He said, I don't care how pretty she is. That dog ain't going to hunt. He said, I'm not going to do that. And so here's what happens then. So Boaz calls ten witnesses. And they gather around. And they hear it. And they have to take their sandals off. And Boaz now is going to be the kinsman redeemer or the Goel for Ruth and Naomi. And here's what he's saying that he's going to do. Now watch this. This is what Boaz is going to do. He is going to redeem and buy back Ruth's property for her. The terms of the transactions were written on the inside of a scroll. And they were stated what had to be done to redeem the property. Now bring up Jeremiah uh, 32.11. Now here we go. We're going over to Jeremiah 32.11. So I took the deed of the purchase, both that which was sealed according to the law and customs, that which was opened. And so what he's doing, he's taking the purchase, he's taking the deed. So I took the deed of the purchase, both that which was sealed according to the law and the custom, and that which was open. He's going to open it, and in that, Jeremiah says, is going to be the transaction of what needs to take place. So here's what took place. He redeemed her property, and he bought it back. And then they took the terms of the transaction and they were written inside of a scroll and they stated what had to be done to the redeemed the, the redeem property. And then on the back side of the scroll, everyone who was a witness signed it. And there were two. One was given to Naomi and Ruth and then the other one was that Boaz is going to keep it so that if Naomi or Ruth is like Nancy... They're going to lose it. She did not hear that. Okay. I'm the one that loses everything. I do. I, you lose things. And your wife finds them just like that. That's not, that's not something wrong with that. I think they hide it. I am on to something. And that's where, if it's a snake, it would bite you. So here, So she left yesterday to come to the uh, women's dinner and she says make sure you give the dog his medicine 
Okay, hey, when I was a kid growing up, dogs didn't even get to eat, let alone get medicine. So she said, be sure. And I know she told me where that medicine was. I could not find that medicine. I looked all over that kitchen. I, I said, I know that medicine's here somewhere. Because the first thing she's going to say, you give that dog the medicine, and while the dog's laying dying, I'm going to say no. Okay? So I kept looking, and eventually I found where she hid it. She hid it right in plain sight. So, if they lose the deed to the property, the Goel also has a deed to the property, and the only one then that is allowed to redeem it would be the Goel. The only one that can redeem the property. So, Boaz is her Goel. And so he, he, they write all the transaction on the inside of the scroll, and then the witnesses sign the back of it. Okay? They sign it. It was rolled up and it was sealed, so the details of the agreement were on the inside. The name of the witnesses were on the outside. In the event a person lost his property and could not redeem it, only his goel could open the seals to see what had to be done and to redeem the property. God made man in his own image. And in his image he made them male and female. And then when he made Adam, which means man, that's all it means. The word Adam is anthropology, means man. That's all it means. Then God did not make woman out of clay like he did man. Now we're all made out of clay, don't get me wrong. But when he made Adam, he made Adam out of clay, out of the dust of the earth. And then he breathed into Adam living breath that he would live eternally or everlasting. And he breathed in his nostrils, the Bible says, everlasting life. But when he saw that Adam had no one, then he, he took Adam and brought Adam into a deep sleep. And he took the rib of Adam and he made Adam a wife. And she was called Eve, the mother of earth. Now what we have is that we don't have two people. We have one person. Because she was made out of him. He was not made out of her. Now listen to me. God is not a he-she God. Do you understand that? You ever see these new Bibles, he slash she? God is not a he-she God. God is male gender. Son is male gender. Holy Spirit is male gender. Pay attention. The church is female gender. I mean, if you got a hard time with that, you just have to have a hard time. We were taken out of Christ. The woman was taken out of the man. Now watch what happens. And so God puts man in the Garden of Eden and gives him authority and rule over everything. Every single thing in that garden was given to him. And now listen to me. I want you to pay attention to this. God wrote it in a scroll 
the terms of the condition. And then he sealed it with witnesses on the back. And Adam loses with God through disobedience and pride. And when he had fallen in the garden, do you notice that I don't say when she had fallen in the garden? I say when he had fallen in the garden because she was taken out of him and he made them male and female. How many of you got that? And when Adam failed, then everything that he had is now given over to the devil. His authority. His right to live. He gave everything over to the devil. Everything that was good is now not good anymore. And where there was no briar or thistle, now there's briar and there's thistle. Now you got a, a lion that wants to devour a lamb. And you have every single thing now that has totally changed because of the fall of Adam. But God, boy, isn't that inner, don't you like saying, but God, yeah. Pastor, there got it, but God. God sees everything. Isaiah 46, 10, write it down. God sees everything from the end back to the beginning. And he saw the end. And he wrote a scroll. And in the scroll he wrote what was ours. Because he knew that Adam was going to lose it. He knew that Adam would not do what he had told him to do. He knew that. He knew it in advance. And before the foundation of the world, God knew you. And he knew me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. And in Him He chose us to be blameless, faultless, before the foundation of the world. He chose me in Him to be blameless. Before the foundation of the world, He wrote on a scroll the conditions of our property right. And Adam took the conditions of our property right and he handed them over to a redeemer kinsman that was not of God. And that's where we, that's where we are. He did that. But Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world, saw you and he saw me. And when he saw us, he said, we got to do something. So he, write, he does this. Now watch this. Now let's run over to Revelation. Chapter 5. When I did this message, and I, I started weeping because I knew how, what was going through John's heart when he wrote this. God made man in his image. God gave him honor and authority over all creation. 
Man lost it. It caused death. It caused suffering. It caused pain. It caused misery. It caused war. It caused hatred. It caused, it caused prejudice. Sin came into all of the world. Now Satan has rule over the whole cosmos. Over the whole cosmos. His, his kingdom is out there in the atmosphere, not in the throne room of God, but out there. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, they're out there. I love watching the weather channel. Because if these people think they're going to control this weather, they are just nuts. It's not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Did I say ain't? It's not. It ain't going to happen. You know, like it ain't going to rain, ain't going to rain, ain't going to rain. Okay, you guys are awful. You tell me you never heard that song. Okay, now, now, so he's got, he's got authority. But it's an interesting thing that when Jesus gives the 70 power and authority to go out and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. And they, they came back rejoicing. And they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, don't, don't be glad that, your name, that, that the demons are subject to you. But be happy because your name is written in the cosmos. And then he says this. He said, and I saw Satan fall like lightning. What did he see? Listen, he saw before the foundation of the world the devil falling. He still sees that the devil falling. The Bible says that, that Michael the, the archangel came to war against the dragon and the dragon could not prevail and he was cast to the earth. It's amazing. But what happens is man is still lost. Everything that he's got is lost. Watch this. Revelation chapter 5, verse 2. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book or the scroll and break its seals? Our inheritance is in there. It's lost. We have no contact. We're a lost people. Everything that God had given man is lost. The property is lost. Verse 3. No one in heaven or on earth was able to open the book or the scroll or to look into it. Now verse 4. I, John, began to weep greatly because no Goel was found worthy to open the book or look into it. He said, I, I was weeping. There's a book it's in the hand of the Almighty. And no one can open the book. The four and twenty elders bowing day and night before the altar. They can't open the book. The twelve apostles can't open the book. The four creatures that fly 24-7 saying holy, holy, holy couldn't open the book. Nobody could open the book. There was none in heaven that could open the book. There was none on earth that could open the book. 
And John was distressed and he said, I, I started weeping because there was no one that could be my Goel. There was no one that could be my, my Redeemer kinsman. There was no one that was able to do it. And so he started weeping. And he started weeping greatly. And it ought to make you weep when you look at it. Verse 5. One of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome as to open the book and the seven seals. John, you have a goel. John, you have a goel. Matt, you have a goel. People, we have a goel. We have one who is able to open the scrolls. And so what we see here is, let, let's just read it a little bit more. Verse 6. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures, and I saw between the throne and the elders a lamb standing as if slain. Having seven horns, that's the perfect number of completion, Seven eyes, the perfect number of completion, which are the seven spirits of God, perfect completion, sent out into all the earth. That's amazing. Verse 7. And he, the Goel, and he came and took it out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So Jesus, the, the lamb slain, goes to the Father God sitting on the throne. And the Bible says that he was, a, he was as a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. A lamb slain. People listen to me. So much deception is going to happen in the end times that you're not going to believe it. Jesus says, if they say I'm out in the wilderness, don't go. He said, if they say I'm over here, don't go. You don't need to go because he's right here. Wherever you are, he's here. I don't need to run to California to get healed by one of the prophets. Listen, the same God that has healing in their hand, has healing in my hand, has healing in your hand. The same God you don't need to run here and there because when you do, you will start to be deceived. He said, don't do it. Because he said, there's going to be false prophets all over the place. Well, false prophets have their place in the lake of fire. There's going to be deception. There, he, the, the, the false prophet, the false prophet is, is, is going to make an image and that image is going to be honored and it's going to be in the image of the Antichrist. And then that false prophet is going to cause that image to breathe and to speak. And it's going to be made out of stone. Listen to me. How? Because it's going to be demonic. The whole thing is going to be demonic. And then we have an unholy trinity. We have the devil and we have the, the, the Antichrist, and we have the false prophet, and they're trying to look like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can't happen. Then you say, how can that thing start to breathe? Because the devil is going to have power in the atmosphere. 
The Bible says he's going to bring uh, power down from heaven. It's talking about the heavenlies. It's an amazing thing, but Jesus said to them, he said, I saw the devil fall like lightning. Every time, do you, do you know every time that we lay hands on somebody and they're healed, the devil falls like lightning? Do you ever time, you know, the word was given that God is going to heal people today and God is going to deliver people today. And whatever you need, God's going to do. Do you understand every time God moves, the devil falls like lightning? How many of you understand every time one comes to know the Lord, listen to what happens. The angels rejoice in the presence of the Lord. Why is that? Because one has come to the Lord. Reinhardt Bonnke preached to millions of people, and you know how? Because he said, I'll take them one at a time out of hell. He said, take them out one at a time out of hell. He said, you take them out, he said, you'll start to populate heaven. Listen to me, the Antichrist is going to have a lot of power in those last days. Listen to me, not over the children of the Lord, but over those who have been deceived by him. Listen to me, there are signs and wonders that are going to come from the heavens, and if you're not grounded and rooted in the Lord, listen to me, man, you're going to be in trouble. See, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's foolish enough to believe in pre-tribulation rapture. Somebody says, well, now, it's not fair that Rome had to go through what Rome went, them Christians and different things. Then I, here's what I tell them. I say, now listen, when man pours wrath on man, men got to go through that, even Christians. But when God pours wrath out on man, he takes his children home. Mm, somebody needs to worship the Lord. That, that ought, they settle down, Larry. Because I'll start running. And I might fall down and look silly. No, no, listen to me. When God pours his wrath out, it's going to be on those who have been deceived and followed the enemy. But his children, uh-uh. Give me an amen. Because listen to me. Listen, listen. He didn't pour his wrath out on Lot and his family. And he didn't pour his wrath out on Noah. But he sure poured his wrath out on the earth. And God says he will not pour his wrath out on his children. So let me just kind of go on. Okay. So in Revelation chapter 6 verse 1. He's going to bring it up. And I saw when the Goel, the lamb, broke one of the seven seals, I heard one of the four living creatures say, as with the voice of thunder, my goodness, that is amazing to me. So the lamb, he goes and he takes. I'm going to read verse 8 again out of 5. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having one harp, music in heaven, and golden bowls full of incense, incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, here's what I want you to understand. And the reason why I want that, your prayers count. They do. My prayers count. Man, if we realize that our prayers really count, we'll start to be people of prayer. If, if you really knew how valuable your prayers were for your family, you'd pray day and night. If you knew how valuable your prayers are for your 
for your friends and different ones. You'd pray. You'd pray day and night. You know why we don't pray day and night? Because we don't understand the value of prayer. But prayer is the incense that flows up to the Lord. Any of you just start praying and start sobbing? Now why is that? Or you start praying and you start shouting? Why? Because listen to me. You can't go to God and stay neutral. You can't go to God and stay neutral. You can't do it. I, I'm down there praying. And Harold takes the song. One of my favorite songs. And I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh my goodness. I was down there praying. And he starts singing that. And the anointing came on me. Woo, it'll make you weep. Prayer will make you weep. Prayer will make you shout. But you're not going to stay neutral while you pray. Because if you're neutral while you're praying, your heart's not in it. How many of you know that? And so what happens is, is that we pray and God hears and God moves. And he starts to do something in Revelation 6 and verse 1. And I saw when Jesus the Lamb broke one of the seven seals. And here's what's going to take place. Listen, that scroll has my property inside of it. That scroll has your property inside of it. That scroll in there has everything that God did for us from the foundation of the world. That scroll. And inside of that scroll, man, it needs to be broken. And there, everybody couldn't break it. Only the Goel could break it. Only Jesus is the one that can break the seals and to release to us what God has given us from the foundation of the world. Somebody say amen. Listen, why is John sad? Because there was no Goel. Do you understand that Job said this? Job, he said, I can't feel God. He said, I'm a broken man. He said, I don't feel him in front, on the left, on the right. I don't know where he's at. But my Goel knows where I'm at. And listen to what old Job said. He said, when he hath found me, I shall come forth as gold. Because he said, I know my Goel. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. That's what he said. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Listen, he didn't know nothing about a Messiah. He had no idea about any of those things. But he did say this. He said, boy, I need an umpire. He, he looked at God and he said, God, I need an umpire. <laughs> I mean, he's, been, he's just been smacked around, old Job. And God says to Job and then, you got an umpire. And his name is Jesus. Listen to me, I'm going to tell you something, he's our Goel. And here's what he started doing. He started to release, and he started to break the seals. And listen to what he broke. He broke the seal of the Antichrist, which was the first one. And then he broke the seal of death. And then he broke the seal of war. And then he broke the seal of death and hell that followed. He broke those seals. How many of you understand that as he's breaking the seals, he's going to give 
back to us. People say, how in the world can you find any enjoyment in the book of Revelation? Because right there in the beginning of it, he said that he starts to break the seals. And when he starts to break the seals, all that inheritance that's inside of that, I am going to get for myself. Listen, the devil thought he had that thing wrapped up. He thought that thing would never be broken. And there was a seal that he he knew that no man would ever be able to break the seal. But there was a man who came to earth and his name was Jesus. And he was born of the Virgin Mary. Listen to me and pay attention to me. And he walked on this earth for 33 years. And he died and went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he took my sin. He took my transgression. He took my robe of humanity. And he placed it on the cross. And listen to me, my goal still is today. And he still reigns today. And he's still the healer today. He's still the deliverer today. That's who he is. He broke it. I'm coming to an end. You need to say amen. What was written in the scroll? My property rights. Listen to Isaiah 53, 4, 5, and 6. He's going to put them on there. Jesus is not only my Savior. He's not only my Lord. But he's my big brother. And big brothers, man, they take care of younger brothers. And if you've never had a big brother, then you don't know. I was the big brother. I love my brother. Listen to me. And Jesus is my nearest kinsman, yours too. Jesus is our Goel. He was slain for our transgressions. Isaiah 53, 4, 5, and 6. Here we go. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. People listen to me. That's what he did. That's what Isaiah says. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrow. He, this is the price that he paid to be our goel. He was slain for our transgressions. Smitten of God. Crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. Perfect completion. Is by his stripes we were healed. Now pay attention, I'm going to do it again. Number one, he was slain for our transgression. Number two, he bore our griefs. Number three, he carried our sorrows. Number four, smitten of God. Number five, crushed for our iniquities. Number six, the chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And number seven, the perfect completion. By his stripes we are healed. In the book of Revelation, it's all about Christ, our kinsman redeemer. He is our Goel. And here's what he's doing. Taking back the property that was given to us. Boaz married Ruth. She was given all that was lost from her dead husband back. Naomi showing Ruth the way is a restoration that God did for us as Jesus shows us the way. Would you stand with us? 
Ruth married Boaz, and she's written in the Chronicles of Time because Jesus come from that line. Jesus married to the church, and when Jesus married the church, he's taken back all that was lost from Adam. We got it. The Bible shows that the church, the Bible shows the church the way if we would just receive that. That if we could believe it in our heart, we're already restored. Sherry Kowalski is back on the COVID ward. Now she don't need to be there. And why they put her there is not right. But what happens is she just couldn't breathe a little bit and they took her. Now they put her back on the COVID ward. Even her brother now can't go see her. But listen, we have a goel for her. There is a goel for your, your marriage. There's a goel for your church. There's a goel for your job. Some of you having a little difficulty in your job. There's a goel in your job. We start school on Tuesday. There's a goel for our, our, our school come Tuesday. Now, listen, I want you to hear this because I'm coming to an end. Jeremiah 32, 15. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be brought in this land. How many of you received that for the United States? How many of you would receive that for your families? How many of you would receive that for this church? Hey, I, I want you to stay humble when you start seeing God do things, when God does things. I want you to stay humble. Do me a favor. Don't put my name on nothing. There's, there, there's too many names on, on you know. There, there, listen to me. There's no Larry Gray Ministries. There is none. There's no Bill Grace Ministries. If it's not about Jesus, it's not about nothing. I like being called non-denominational. No, we're not interdenominational. We're non-denominational. I love that. I want people from all walks of life to be able to come in here and see Jesus. And, and if I'm preaching, I do not want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus. I want you to see Jesus. Because listen to what Jeremiah says. I love it. Can you put it back up there, John? Jeremiah 32, 15. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be brought in this land. In the United States of America, I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Nehemiah 12, verse 27. Now of the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out Levites. From all their places... To bring them to Jerusalem so they might celebrate with gladness, with hymns of thanksgiving, with songs to accompany, with cymbals, with harps and lyres. Here's what God wants. He wants us just to worship Him. And He wants to restore us. Because as we speak, He's breaking the seals in your life, in my life.